there was the the the, the um... You speaking Cubot Jess? And I'm Jace, and joining us this time round um, for a bit of a special podcast is Mr. Justin Smith from Last Save Loaded Podcast. Hello, Justin. Hello. Hello, mate. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on. That's right. As we said, it's uh, as I said, it's a specialist podcast because we had the Sony announcement last night. So while it's still fresh in all our minds, I thought we'd come on and talk about it. But before that, we're going to do our usual "What you've been up to" sort of chat and that. So, um, as uh, guest, do you want to go first, Justin? Tell us what you've been up to, what you've been playing. Uh, well, um, people may have noticed me recently appearing on the Gonzo Planet um, Mass Effect show. Um, that is basically what I've been spending most of my time at the moment. I'm, I've been playing through uh, my character I've renamed. Instead of John Shepard, his name is Douchebag Shepard. And <laughs> if you can do a dick move, he's doing it. Basically, awesome. <laughs> if you can get away with um, executing people, you kill them. If you can get away with failing to recruit someone, you fail to recruit someone. And uh, it's actually proven to be quite amusing. I'm I'm seeing a lot of the game that I didn't see playing through my first playthrough as, as normal. Um, just to point out, because I've got the PS3 version, um, I've never played it the first time around because I haven't got a 360. Um, and I don't think I've really decided my PC was um, powerful enough to try it. So uh, I'm... I'm only recently, you know, getting to play a game that some of you guys have been able to play over the last like seven years. Uh, see, I played the first game through as a bad guy. I played that every way round, every way you can get. But yeah, I played it as a bad guy. I chose to go the female shepherd when I did it, and yeah. as you say, it's absolutely hilarious. It's like it almost becomes a bit of a parody of the game a little bit because it's, some of the choices are ridiculous that you make. Well, what made me laugh um, most recently, I did the the level on Theros. Now, without giving too much away, um, if you're playing as a good guy, you have to save all these colonists. If you're playing as the bad guy, you're advised to try and save the colonists. But you can go, we don't have time to save them. And uh, and like even your own crew are going, yeah, but... You know, you could at least try, and you're like, you, you do actually turn around and say, "We don't have time," you know. And he pretty much <laughs> says it like that. It's like going, "I said no," and then they go, "Oh yeah, but we've got some grenades that will like knock them out, so you don't have to kill them." I'm not taking them. <laughs> and it, you know, as you're going through the level, it, it pops up going like, "How many colonists are still alive?" And what's supposed to happen is, it, particularly if you're playing on good, if it hits zero, it's supposed to abort the mission. Now, I was purposefully trying to kill them, and I think I was down at two left when it decided I'd cleared all the enemies out of the area, and it didn't let me find the last two to execute them. 
<laughs> it sounds a really brilliant way to play it. If I thought I had time for Mass Effect again, I'd go through and do that myself because it just sounds like a load of fun. No, I was just going to say the the other thing that you get is um, at the end of the mission, it gives you like um, in your completed mission log, it gives you a summary of what happened. So, like it, um, the, if your plan is good, it will say like you know you saved the colony and um, and you you destroyed the the big evil on the planet. Whereas the, the one I've got most recently, it just says um, you you saved one or two of the colonists, but they're having to abandon the colony now because there's no one there. <laughs> <laughs> what what you're really going to enjoy is because um, I've brought my bad my, my bad shepherd fruit in Mass Effect too. Yeah, you're going to enjoy some of the some of the repercussions from some of your decisions as well. I, I'm not going to spoil any of them for you, but that's even funnier. I'm already determined to do the kill everyone, including Shepherd ending. Now that takes some some work, but I know how to do it. And uh, the other and thing, Mass Effect too. Yeah, because you can do things like fail to activate Grunt. You can, when you find Legion, give him to Cerberus. And, uh, you know, that's two of your main characters you can immediately get rid of. <laughs> right. So the, the question is, can I, can, can I ask as a spoiler? Yeah. Um, and I've just warned people that maybe the next couple of minutes will be a, a bit of a spoiler here. But how do you kill Shepard? Well, basically, um, if there is no one left alive in your team, when Shepard leaps off the cliff, there's no one to give him a hand up. So, I take it that's, that's a file you can't take across the Mass Effect Freedom. <laughs> Do you know, I don't know, but I'm looking forward to trying it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it sounds, I, I was planning on doing as, as badly as I can. I've not finished my Mass Effect 2 playthrough as well, a bad guy. But well, what you, have to do is, doing... what you have to do is not do any of the loyalty missions as well. Yeah, and and not get and not get the ship upgrades, you know, and you'll lose about three of your teammates before you even land on the end base. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm dying to see what Mass Effect Three looks like. Gonna two characters. Well, from what I've heard, like um, you know, where you get to the bit where Garrus would normally be, it's just some random Turian. (laughs) Well, yeah, you see, I actually had that happen to me anyway because my Garrus did die. I mean, so, you killed so. Garrus. Garrus is well, admittedly, he's a bit boring in one, but Garrus is the best character in the game. He is, he is. But it gave me an added level of like, tragicness. <laughs> okay. For you, like, there's, there's this really great scene, and it's like, like Garrus would have loved this or something like that. I can't remember even what it was saying. It was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Remember how you killed Garrus, yeah. you fucker. Well, if you in were, fact, I, did, I did a lot worse than that. I have to say. If you don't, if you don't romance Tally or Garrus, they romance each other, and you walk in on them in three as well. Yeah, I did romance Tally. Jace. Oh, um, not no. Drunk Jace, Tally is get, the funniest. I might, I might be a little bit. I might be a little bit spoilery even for Mass Effect Three here, Jace, if you don't mind. Well, haven't I? You crack on me. I'm not no, going to. I'm it, never going to get to play it anyway. Because you know it doesn't always play out this this way anyway. But all I would say is, I, in my game, Tally died in Mass Effect. <laughs> And she was my love interest, <laughs> and that—that that is the most depressing thing. Considering the fact that Garrus was my basically your character's best mate, the second one, and I got him killed, and then <laughs> his love interest dies in the third one. My guy had a really bad time of it. The, there's a there's a brilliant moment um, where, depending on which um, races you end up recruiting, there's a way to recruit one race that is the only way to get them, and it's a heart wrenching. Thing you have to do 
And the first time I tried to do it, I couldn't do it. And the second time I played through, I thought, nah, I'm, I'm doing it. These people are dying. And, um, and I get back to the ship and Garrus is going, so, interesting. How did you manage to recruit that, that faction? And you're going, um, in, in war, you have to make difficult decisions. And he just kind of looks at you knowingly and goes, well, I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions. <laughs> it's like, he knows you just screwed everyone over. Um, so, you've been playing anything else other than Mass Effect? Um, the only thing I've I've touched recently, um, I had five minutes on that F1 race stars. Oh, the little cartoon yeah, job. Yeah, that was five minutes too much. Really? Uh, I'm sure it's fun if you get six or seven of your mates and play online, but to play it on your own to you know learn the game and learn the tracks and things, it's it's not a great thing. It's it's actually could be considered a little bit racist. Like, um, you know, there's the Scottish driver Paul DeResta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, his the, the the character's voice for him. It sounds close enough, but if you pick like Lewis Hamilton, it's someone's like got the poshest voice ever, and it's clearly not Lewis Hamilton. So, like, if you take Sergio Perez or something, you just get, like, some random jo- uh, random Mexican. <laughs> they just, like, they just <laughs> clearly walked off the street and went, can you speak this language? Yes, get in the studio. <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah. So, we, we're avoiding that one then, are we? That's uh, um, not one to pick up. Well, if you have the PlayStation Plus, it's free at the moment. So, it's, I mean, download it, give it a go. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be um, mining it for too many hours. Yeah, fair enough. So it's not. Do you think it's a waste of hard drive space? It. Well, I have a four hundred gig hard drive in my PS3, so it's. I, I have plenty of space to be wasted, but it's it's. Unless I do a game night or something like that, it's it's not going to get played again. Fair enough. So, Jess, what about you? What have you been up to, mate? Uh, surprise, surprise! I finished a full retail game. How about that? Really. It doesn't happen very often, as you know. But um, I finally got around to finishing Bioshock 2. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm behind the times, as I always am. But um, I got stuck into this a few weeks ago, well, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I found myself with a bit of free time because I'm uh, changing from one job to another, so I had a, a month off paid, which was nice. So I had enough time to get myself fully involved in uh, my journey back to Rapture. Um, Big spoiler warnings for me, then, because I've downloaded it as um, plus last month, and I've... I've... I haven't played it because I decided to go and go off and scour for a, co- a £5 copy of Bioshock 1, which I've not touched yet either. So uh, I'm going to play through 1 and then 2. So uh, by all means talk about it. I, I think I'll just uh, I'll, I'll whistle and you know sit in the corner and rock for a minute while, whilst we talk about this. <laughs> well, I, generally don't, I, gen- I generally don't talk very spoilerish anyway, to be honest with you, Justin. Because so, I've never played any game because I'm so far in the past. <laughs> we don't get to the point of doing spoilers because everything's a spoiler. Well, me. yeah, Mass Effect was a seven-year-old game. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite new for me. Um, yeah, so I've been uh, journeying back through Rapture, and what can I say, mate? The the way the tension builds up through the game and stuff like that, and bits of the story unfold when you're picking up all the diary tapes and things like that. Just um, it, it's just so massively atmospheric, playing on a decent sized screen and uh, with my headset on and everything like that. I'd, 
I just I couldn't get enough of it, mate. I, I literally couldn't put anything else on the screen. I had to keep going back to uh, get through the game, and I'm, I'm glad I did um, because the ending just really makes it for me, and um, it just it, it's a good ending to all that tension that has built up. The the question I would say is because um, obviously it's it's not too different from the original Bioshock in a lot of ways, but I think the biggest things added to it were the kind of little siege moments. When you're, yes. when you're protecting the, the, the little sisters and stuff like that. What, what did you think of those? I thought they were a good little addition to it, to be honest, mate. Um, I really struggled early on. Until you get to the point when, you, when you're quite powerful, um, they come, become a lot easier. But um, to start with, certainly tr- trying to uh, lay out your traps and stuff like that to um, to like keep back the enemies and stuff. It becomes a little bit tower defensive, but only in the, the tiniest little way, you know. Yeah. But I, I really thought those were a good addition to the game. I don't think there was too many of them. I think um, the number that there were was just enough, I think, um, to, to get you used to them, but not to uh, overplay the idea. Yeah. How, does and it, obviously... So, sorry. sorry. I was just going to say, does it, does it have a moment like in one where you, some, you you get to a point where there's a big plot reveal and you're like, ah, yeah, they've been you know signposting this all the way through, but I've just not had the concept of what they're trying to tell me? Well, yeah, but basically what you're getting at, yeah, the first one has an awesome twist. The second one maybe doesn't so much, but I think the tension of the second one, because I think the second one feels more like a survival horror than the first one did. Yeah, the first yeah. one has its moments as well, but I think the second one had me more tense most of the way through it, especially with the addition of the big sister characters, because as soon as you hear the noise, those things make it's just a, it's like a brown trousers moment in it, Jess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like the fact that it screen prompts you that they're coming, and like, and um, you know, you, you run out of time. They're on the way here and stuff like that. I'd, I'd preferred a bit more um, of them coming out in the open, like um, of their own accord. But um, yeah, it wasn't a bad thing by any means. I don't know, mate. I mean, I think with the splicers and things like that, there's enough enemies just jumping in your face every so often. Do you know what I mean? You get enough of those little scales and stuff. I think it's just that whole. You know she's coming. You know you can't get away from her. You're just going to have to wait for it. You're going to have to get to the right, a right, good position to turn around and fight. And I think that's quite a horrible moment each time it happens. Do you think I should play through one and as soon as it finishes, load up two straight away? Depends on if you're... I mean, there's a good chance by the time I finished one, I, I was hungry for more, but the second one didn't exist at the time, so... I don't. I don't really know. All I would say is, if you, by the time you finish one, if you're still thinking, I, I really could do with some more Bioshock, go for it. The the only thing I would say is, it feels more like a spin-off than like a a, a sequel to the game because it doesn't continue the story of the the first one. Right. It, it, it's more like a kind of look. Here's something else that happened in Rapture. Uh, it, it depends on how you feel. It's it's not. It doesn't hit the same. The same kind of like twists and stuff, but as I say, I think it's a better game overall, gameplay-wise. So I've heard a lot of people saying that um, Minerva's Den, the DLC, is is like the thing to play. See, I haven't played. I've that. heard that as well, and no, I haven't played that. Yeah, I don't even have my copy of Bioshock Two anymore to get that, but uh, I think I'd like to pick it up and try it because I don't know. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> I'm I'm <laughs> sure you can lo- you can locate it for a a, a couple of quid. Yeah, 
yeah, pretty much that's um it's been really good to get through and, and see the end of a game. It's been a while since I've actually finished one. Um so it's pushed me forward now to want to play something else. Um so I've actually started a playthrough of Nier, which might not have been the best choice because it's quite long. But um yeah, we'll see how we get on. Uh in terms of iOS gaming, I've only been playing a couple of things this week. I haven't had a massive uh, because I've been playing uh, proper games, I haven't been playing much iOS, but two games I have been playing that I want to talk about. Um first of all, Guide the Light, which is um, a little puzzle game where you're in um, a couple of little pyramids and you have to, uh, it's like laser puzzles really, guiding beams of light around with mirrors and avoiding traps and stuff like that. I think it's another 69p one on the iOS store, but um, I think I managed to get it for free on a on a code from somewhere, which was good. Um, have you seen this one at all, Will, or is this one, you're not really a puzzly guy? No, I, I think it's, it wasn't for me, I've, I've left it behind. Oh, so you did try it out though? Yeah. Like only a couple of goes, and you know me, mate. I, I get put off by any kind of <laughs> any of these kind of puzzle games. And just yeah, that's fair enough. But if if you are into puzzlers, um, it's certainly worth a look. Um, it's called Guide the Light. It is a cheap one, and um, it really towards the end of the pyramids that you're going through, some of the puzzles just because they're timed as well, and you've got enemies to watch out for. It really gets a bit, I mean, a bit crazy on the old brain, a bit taxing. So uh, that took a little bit of time. I think I'm. Uh, four or five levels from the end of that now, and it's getting really fucking difficult, to be honest with you. Fair enough. Uh, the other game I've been playing was the one that I set for the Ninja Challenge uh, on the last show, and uh, you, I know you've played this one, Will, P- uh, Pinball Kid. Yeah, yeah, I was, get, I was getting into this. Before everyone else joined in, I was actually doing quite well. Yeah, well, yeah I started the Ninja Challenge last time out, it was only a few days ago, actually, and already the leaderboards are filling up and people are getting involved, and... Uh, I think this one could be really good, both in terms of how close the scores are and um, some of the scores we're seeing. They're, they're up in the, the top 10, top 15 on the uh, overall leaderboards as well. So we're, if we keep pushing each other, we could actually get some people topping the tables as well. No, I was having a go on this today. I was, I was getting into this. I was trying to beat a couple of my own high scores at least. And one thing I didn't notice before until today is I didn't notice it has tilt controls as well. Has it? Yeah, if you... T- if your ball's kind of sitting and it's maybe on the edge of something, you can actually tilt the screen to maybe see... Well, this is news to me as well. Yeah, I, I just learned that today, so maybe I'm just giving some of the ones on top an advantage, but <laughs> maybe they already know that and that's why we're the ones getting beat. So get in there, guys. Tilt your screens. Oh, I'll be giving that a go later on. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've been playing. Lots of Bioshock and uh, not a lot else. What about you, Will? What have you uh, been up to? Uh, right, and I... Complete role reversal situation here, Jess. I don't have any proper games to talk about this week. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> Isn't that my job? Yeah. You're supposed to be my man who's current. Yeah. Obviously, I had the bot my boy up all week, and I've been quite busy. I've been preoccupied. But what I have had a chance to do is play a lot of Forza Horizon. If you remember, quite a few episodes ago I mentioned I had it. And I, I, I was kind of enjoying it, but I kind of dumped it for Need for Speed Most Wanted. So... With the boy being down, and he's a bit of a little boy racer, he got me back into it again, and I'm so glad I did. I've now managed to finish the game. Well, to be fair, my boy finished the game. <laughs> and I was there with him when he did it. But most of what I really want to talk about is the multiplayer on it. Now, me and you were both disappointed with Need for Speed Most Wanted because it didn't have the multiplayer challenges, you remember? Yeah, it was like real shit. Yep. Forza Horizon does have multiplayer challenges, Bastard. Yeah, they're, they're not quite what uh, Burnout Paradise had for us. It's not like uh, 
doing jumps over the top of each other, little funny things like that. What it tends to be is things like being a specific type of car, so maybe like a car that came out within a certain like a time period, and you have to meet at an area. Now it never marks the area on your map. It just basically tells you be at the water tower in whatever area. And part of the challenge is actually between the team is actually finding the spot and then getting everyone to converge on it. And then it will give you like say it will say be at that area for sunset. It will then tell you to be at the next area for sunrise, which will be somewhere else on the map. And the challenge is try to get the entire team there. And then like in a weird crystal maze, cars style, you're kind of driving around this big area trying to find this little landmark so that you can all converge on it. And it, it can be quite fun. I'd imagine it's better with more than, than two people, which is all I've done so far. What on earth has it got to do with the crystal maze? <laughs> <laughs> don't understand that reference at all. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to wear just wear like a little eighties jumpsuit and have massive hair. I just mean like and a run around with a bald bloke. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. I just mean like a team of people. You know, you're all kind of running around mad trying to find something. I don't know, but I've also played the competitive multiplayer on it, and I'm very impressed with that as well. Uh, it's you've got your standard kind of race mode, so it's like ranked. It kind of tries to keep people within the same level. Your choice, instead of picking maps, it'll give you a choice of class. So it'll come up, do you want to have an A class, a B class, R1 class race, and basically you choose, and you have a race. <laughs> Simple as that. But the, the the beauty comes in levelling up. If you remember, like in Forza 4 and things like that, levelling up in single player and multiplayer used to unlock cars for you. Uh, it's the same in this one, so... Like, Sometimes you're levelling up, you get like a little, one of those little Fiat 500 things, you're like, oh god, really? But, you might get half a million pounds, which is what I got last time I levelled up. Now that's all a bit standard, but what it has added in, it's added a party games mode. And you've got, so you've got, you can join into the party games mode and it cycles three game types. It cycles, uh, what is it, infection. So that's obviously, one car gets selected as the zombie car. And you need to, as soon as you make contact with another one, they're infected as well. It's kind of, kind of Halo style. So it's a giant oh, yeah. giant game of car tag then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you quite literally are it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's the, the whole infection thing where like, you stay a zombie, but you turn the other car into a zombie. And before you know it, there's like, one guy trying to get away from every other car. Uh, the, the best thing about it is, though, the collisions are so hilarious online because... It clearly hasn't been built properly to accept like, eight cars getting into a pile-up together. And the cars just go absolutely mad. And it's in some games you would complain about it, but I think I find in this it adds a, a certain level of comedy when your car gets launched halfway across the map. <laughs> <laughs> you've also got, what is it, you've got your cat and mouse mode, where you've got like, one, cat, uh, one person from each team has to go in a ridiculously slow car. Never be as good as PGR. Yeah, as I say, it's standard. I'm not a big fan of the cat and mouse on it because, as I say, the collisions are a bit dodgy and for that mode, I don't think they work. But the best mode has to be King of the Hill mode. Now, this, this, the idea of this is one car gets chosen as the king and it's the same as Infection, only in this case, when you're the king, every other car is trying to slam into you and the first person to slam you gets to become king and has to try and bugger off from everyone else. But yeah, it's, it's, a, level of, um, it's a level of fun that you don't really get in the original Forza games, and and I have to say I'm I'm quite enjoying it. I'm enjoying leveling up, waiting to see what my next car's going to be, 
and it's great. I, w- I really wish we could get it, Jace, but... Do you think it's uh, one that's going to last a while, mate, or do you think it's going to play out fairly quickly once you've levelled up as far as you can go? Or... I don't know what the cap is, but I think it will. it would last me as long as I've got someone to play it with. I don't see myself going on and playing randoms as much, but if I had someone who's regularly going to come on and play it with me, I think, yeah, it would last me a while. It's good for a community sort of night, then, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I think, especially the party games, that that would be absolutely hilarious with a bunch of guys that you know, because I was playing at a party with someone, so it's only me and the person I'm with who are kind of talking about it, but to be in a party with a bunch, uh, be in the game with a bunch of people on chat, all kind of slagging each other off and stuff like that, it could be really fun. When is it not fun if you get to slag people off? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, I suppose, yeah. And that's about all I do. <laughs> <laughs> Can't drive, you just talk shit at people. And people seem, seem to give me bad ratings for doing it online, so I prefer to find a bunch of people who are used to it. Yeah. But, yeah, as I said, I've not been playing any proper AAA games, so I'm going to I'm gonna do the Jace thing, and I'm going to move on to my iOS. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> right. The first one I want to talk about is Polara. Now, this was recommended to us by Pain Junkie on Twitter. If you remember, Jace, did you, did you download it when he recommended it? I've already had the game for a little while, actually, mate, so I have played it before. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's not the best. There's a bit of infinite run going on there that I'm not the biggest fan of. It feels a lot like uh, Outland on the Xbox 360, which I've never found time to actually sit down and play properly. But I'm finding time to play this one. So the idea is basically, yeah, your character, you can you press a button to change your character to either red or blue. The, the other side of the screen, you tap to jump. And you've got the whole, like, there's blue rays, lasers, and if you're blue, you can pass through them, but if you're red, they kill you. And What I call the Ikaruga effect. Yeah, I've never played that either, so. <laughs> it's as simple as you get. It's just, it, it becomes more and more addictive, and the, instead of just, like, shifting every couple of seconds, it becomes, like, constant like tapping both sides of the screen because frantically because you have to keep changing back forward back forward and all that kind of stuff it's it's a fun little game i would i would recommend anybody to play it is that on free do you know or is that a yeah uh... i don't know if it's free at the moment it was free when we got it but I, I don't think so i don't believe it's free anymore i'm gonna fact check this hang on <laughs> what i know we don't like fact checking but i'm gonna check Polara is £1.49p, but there is a free version to try out. I don't think I can recommend it at one forty nine though. I don't Really? Yeah, I don't think it's worth that. It's great as a little <laughs> free game, so I would maybe keep an eye on it and see if it goes free again, but yeah. Well, it might really click with someone that might want to pay one forty nine, that massive amount for a game. Perhaps. I know it's not a lot of money, but it kinda is on iOS. See I'm I'm not an iOS gamer. I, I have Android phones and it does make me laugh how the last couple of years since i think the the first ipad really is when like ios games obviously started taking off and uh <clears throat> having that like price market where people go like 99p is too expensive and you think it, <laughs> it's so easy to just you know be an outsider and think you're taking the piss right <laughs> see right <laughs> you know? but then th- this is the thing right for certain games i don't mind paying the money like i've bought a couple of square enix games and i bought some of the Traveller's Tales games, and I don't mind paying £3, £4, maybe even up to £8 for a Square Enix game. I don't mind it if it's a game that I know I'm going to love. The difference is, um, at 69 pence, 
you don't mind picking up a loads of loads of these little silly games that if they were all like five pound as well, I would probably only have about five or six games on my phone because I'm not going to test out anything at that price. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that, mate. But um, the way I always um, talk myself into it is we we talk a lot to a lot of developers, don't we? We talk a lot to the indie guys and stuff like that. And the amount of time and effort these guys pile into making these games for you to just cast them aside because they're one pound forty nine, it it's really quite yeah, wrong, isn't it? Um, but- that's what I'm kind of getting at, though, is that it's not about, like, I, I wouldn't cast everything aside, but some little games are, are like a little intrigue. As I say, like this game I'm, I'm talking about, Polara, it feels more like a, yeah, let's have a little go on this, and then I'll probably never play it again after a few days. I don't want to spend money on that. Okay, well, I'll um, I'll give you a title that my colleague at work, he's he's got an iPod Touch, and he's got the um, the free version of the Ghostbusters game on it. Right. Which uh, I think came out, what, two, three weeks ago? Three weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, and uh, every now and then he just sort of giggles, and I look across and he's like, oh no, Janine's just sent me a message. And uh, he said, you know, if if um, if you try and play the main game part of it, you can unlock the main sort of Ghostbusters um, crew, but it's one of those like free-to-play games where to do it you... Um, realistically would need to invest money and it's not worth doing that just for the, the gimmick of having the characters there. But um, the fact that it has like the like the classic piano track on it and stuff like that, it does have moments of um, you know flashback memory for you and um, the, just, just the fact that I keep hearing him chuckling away at his desk when he's supposed to be working um, <laughs> it's, uh, that, that's my suggestion for you to at least investigate. I have downloaded it and I know my boy was playing it on my iPad last week, but I haven't really given it a proper chance yet. But it's definitely in my list of things to get into. Yeah, you know me, mate. I try and avoid these um, time-based, take-up-half-your-life games because uh, I've wasted too many hours on those sort of things. Well, I'm about to talk about one. So I'm about to, <laughs> oh, no, of, go on, I'm about to waste of another one. You love these. Segway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like loads of these. I like certain ones. If, if they're not all bad like, a lot of people like to advertise these as being like the worst thing about gaming, this whole free-to-play thing. And, yeah, I can see where they're coming from. But sometimes, every so often, something comes along and it's slightly better than the rest. Jace, but a week and a half ago, you introduced me to a game called Pixel People. Yeah, I noticed somebody else was playing it. And I know they um, like similar sort of games to you in, in these ones. And uh, I thought I'd give you a bit of a recommendation on that one. The idea of this is... You start off with a little space town, so it's like a little colony in space. And you start off with a couple of houses and a town, a town hall and stuff like that. And two types of people. I think it's like you start off with an engineer and a mayor or something like that. But what happens is you receive blank clones from your, your this little heliport pad that you've got. Or like a little spaceship pad. So every, every so often you get a little blank clone. First thing you have to do is you'll have to like splice your, your two characters you've got, your mayor and your engineer, and you'll get another type of worker from that clone. And sometimes the, the workers unlock a new building, so like a, a new kind of work building. So, say, unlocking a soldier uh, that will, will give you the ability to build the army barracks. And each building has like a certain amount of people that you need for it, so... But what you basically got is you've got a list of 150 types of clone that you need to make 
by splicing together two other other types, and it becomes a little puzzle game. If you start playing this, you're gonna get about fifty of the clones within your first day, because it starts. It's one of those time based things, as you say, Jace, where it starts off quite going quite easy on you, where you get a clone every minute and a half or something like that to do. It maybe costs you a couple of thousand coins to build houses. You also have to expand, so maybe you start off, you can only actually build on 20 tiles. But I'm now at the point where it costs me 60 million coins to upgrade for the next <laughs> 10 things. So what, Inflation's gone through Yeah, what's room. happening with me now is um, I'm not able to do anything for about four days at a time. I'm then Fucking able man. to come back and expand an extra 10 spaces, which gives me about a day's worth of gameplay. So yeah, it has started to get a bit ridiculous, but to be fair, I have, I think now I've got 125 out of 155 clones, so that's only when you get to the higher levels, and I I really recommend it. The art style is beautiful, it's like a really great 8-bit pixel style in each building, just looks like there's been a lot of of time's been spent making these little buildings look, look awesome, to be honest with you. The other thing I didn't notice until later on is a lot of buildings have their own little extra function they add. And one of the first things you build is a utopium mine. And I didn't know that if you click on it once a day, you get some you get some utopium for free. But oh dear. So you lost the mechanic straight away. Yeah. As I say, it is a bit freemium because it does the, um, does the whole... It sounds like ultimate freemium to me, mate. How so? If you get the point where you're not going to play for four days on the game unless you pay for it, that's... Kind of the, the thing I really hate about this thing. It's not quite that. I mean, what the idea of how you need to make money is each building needs to be powered. Now, if you power a building, it lasts for a certain amount of time. So, some buildings last for seven minutes, some buildings last for 12, some last for like an hour. So, you do need to open the app every so often, power up all your buildings to make some money. But also, you, you have to collect hearts from your little houses. So, that becomes a little thing when you're kind of bored on the bus, you're going about searching your houses for hearts and stuff, so it's not entirely you can't play anything but I've not paid for any utopium or anything to speed up the game. What I did do was and I've told you about this, Jace, is one of the buildings offers you a one-off 69 pence payment to double the production in all your buildings. I had an extra 69 pence in my bank account (laughs) (laughs) and I decided you know what the game's been really good. I've been really enjoying it up to this point. It's getting to the point where it's taking me a lot longer to get money. I'm going to give them my money. And I think I think they deserve the 69 pence. It was the same with the likes of Triple Town, where you can play it for free, but you can pay the 69 pence for the, the unlimited... The full experience. Yeah, the, the unlimited turns. Sometimes, as I say, if, if, if I'm enjoying a game enough, I don't mind paying them. I'm not doing that thing where I give them money every so often to make things easier for me. That... To me, that is awful. That's a bad thing. But yeah, I really recommend this. Even if people just play it up until about they get about fifty or sixty types of people, if that's all they can stand. But I really recommend it to people. The thing is with these ones, though, mate. Given the fact that we play so many different games on the phone, it's not a bad thing that you can dip in and out of this. It's not like you have to give it your attention all the time. If you're going to come back every couple of days and have a look at it, you've still got lots of other games you can uh, play in the meantime, you know. There's a lot of little jokes in it as well. That you liked, um, what was the one we were playing? The Knights of Pen and Paper, for its little yeah. references and stuff. There's loads of references. The, the little characters you build are often named 
comically to match the kind of job that they've done based on things that you've seen. So, for instance, one of the ones ridiculously I've built is Nuclear Hero. Unlocked a little guy who's clearly Dr. Manhattan from The Watchmen. Yeah, so he's all glowing yeah, blue he, and he that. Gave me, he gave me access to the superhero mansion. But the best thing is, like, in a kind of Avengers style, you also get an agent in the superhero mansion. Now, I've unlocked an agent who's wearing all black. She's got red hair and she's called Violet Johansson. <laughs> no. So there's, there's a lot of that goes on in it. I think you would enjoy that, Jace. But it's, it's cool. more the time-based thing, I think, would get you. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with these things, mate. But, um, yeah, it's not all about me. And if people want to uh, go and check it out, then, uh, yeah, do so. By the way. Apart from that, I'm sorry to disappoint everybody, but I've not been playing anything else. I've been too busy. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, I know only too well not, not having time to play games and stuff. Anyway, moving on from what we've been doing. Um, we've bored people enough with that. The reason we've got Justin on and the reason we're here really um, doing this special show is because last night uh, Sony put on an event and they decided to announce the PlayStation 4. So uh, the next part of the show we're going to talk about the uh, event that was on yesterday. We're going to cover a few things and um, yeah, really see what we thought of uh, what Sony put out yesterday. So the Sony event was probably the worst kept secret of the last few weeks. Um so they did your favourite thing, Will, where they announced that there would be an announcement on the uh, 20th February, and I think from the start, everyone knew that the PS4 was going to be announced. People were saying, oh, no, it might just be um, a new thing on PlayStation Plus or whatever, blah, blah, but I think it was it was pretty dead set that it was going to be the PS4, and uh, lo and behold, it was. It was a bit weird for them to announce it before E3. I think everyone expected the announcement of the new consoles from both parties to uh, come at E3, but um, what do you think of the timing of Sony doing it early, Justin? Well, I think the first thing is it's it's a bold move by them. Everyone will admit that uh, they let they dropped the ball with the PS3. Um, they released it what a year after the 360 uh, live had become a part of day to day gaming um, group chat things like that. That it was already ahead before the the PS3 no matter what they launched it with was going to uh, going to struggle we like to think they've learned from a lot of their mistakes and in in the last year or so um, a lot of people have been saying that they've stopped renewing their live subscription in order to to play on the PlayStation and take advantage of plus and things like that um so the fact that they're the ones that seem to be at the moment doing um well in people's eyes to be the first to announce their next generation, um, pardon the uh, expression to the Wii U owners, to, to be the first of the, the remaining two to announce their console and this early, it I think it gives them the freedom when they get to E3 that we already know what the main talk of the show is going to be and they can concentrate on the bits that people haven't found out yet and they, they can save themselves a few lovely gems to surprise us with. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, as you say, they've been coming to the forefront more and more with the PS Plus stuff and, st- and things like that and a lot of people have been falling out with the 360. So, yeah, I think they're, they're really trying to strike while the iron's hot and um, get that home court advantage that uh, Microsoft had last time and uh, I don't think it could have been timed any better, to be honest with you. Could have started at 10 instead of 11. <laughs> well, they didn't start at ten where they did it, did they? They, they did it about five o'clock. Which was... I did love the fact that there was people moaning about, it and I was thinking, yeah, what about the ones in Australia that is like ten a.m. in the morning? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all at work. To be yeah. fair, that was actually pretty decent. Eleven o'clock to one o'clock. It could have been worse. You know, I was I was just joking. But I've actually um, I've got the week off for E3 because it's um, the, I think it's the Sony one is actually on my birthday this year because um, they're in the middle of June. I just coincidentally booked the week off and I was like, ah, great! Well, I can stay up till two o'clock in the morning and watch the uh, the shows again. Because last year I just did it because awesome. I was a lonely bastard. Uh, <laughs> but uh, th- thanks for leaving, not, you know, not laughing at me there. <laughs> and I, I'm just sitting here thinking I know the feeling. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So the, the presentation was set up in this this massive big hall. I love the way it was all set up with um, screens going around the outside of the room and that. The selection of people they had up there was was pretty good. They had um, some developers up there. They had they had for the first time as well for a major console launch. I think they had um, an indie developer up there as well, which was really interesting to me because we like a bit of indie stuff and that, and we we're always banging on about it. So to see an indie up there, like right from the outset. Was uh, was really good. Did you notice that, Will? Yeah, I, th- I thought that was quite good. That's the what, the one that made Braid, isn't it? It was, yeah, Jonathan Blow. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed that. I did think, um, when, was it Mark Kelney? Was he the guy who looked very rapey? <laughs> <laughs> I think there were a few people who looked quite rapey. <laughs> yeah, but there was one person in particular who looked like he could probably be like an English high school teacher. And um, there were just so many comments flying around saying like, Mmm, rapist! <laughs> <laughs> Mark Kearney I actually thought um, no I don't, can't remember the name of the actor you ever seen Nathan, Nathan, Nathan Fillion from um, as in uh, off Firefly no no I didn't look at him no there, there was one that I thought looked a bit like oh yeah him. yeah there was a, there, I can't remember what his name was but I know what you're talking about the guy uh, Mark Kearney him that had worked on Crash Bandicoot and stuff like that he uh, looked a bit like the, no I can't remember what his name is anyone seen Alien Resurrection yeah. You know the kind of really weird scientist guy? He's also, he plays Game of Worm Tongue in Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, yeah. He looked like him. <laughs> yeah, he does, yeah. Particularly in that really creepy role that he played in Aliens with beautiful butterfly. <laughs> That's what I just kept thinking. What I thought is he could quite easily have a Lego head. His, yeah. his hair and everything, it was like a Lego head. <laughs> I thought he could quite easily have a knife in his back pocket, but... Anyway, moving on from making fun of the poor guy. <laughs> we did get to see a little bit of the hardware. We didn't actually get to see the box itself, much to the uh, moaning of the internet as well. Everyone was moaning that we didn't actually get to see the box. But I think um, it's a bit early in the day to actually be putting the actual hardware you, out there. Because it's probably going to change before it comes out. Do you know anyway. what I would have loved? I would have loved it if he'd brought out a motherboard on a bot, like a, just a plinth, and just gone, right, well, this is what's inside it. We'll decide what it looks like later. That would have been good. But what we did see, um, we saw the finished controller, or the final version of the controller, which wasn't a million miles away from the leaked ones we saw about four days before. Um, any thoughts on the controller, guys? Looks like a PlayStation controller with a touchpad on it. It looked like somebody had bought a third-party DualShock, um, made it a tiny bit wider, and stuck a touchpad in the middle instead of the start and select buttons, and and that you know that's fine. But the actual um, con- like the D-pad and the the circle square buttons and all that, the um, controller buttons, they that looked to me to be a little bit smaller and a bit like taped on the top, and it looked like the whole thing had a bit of a rubbery um, shell around it. You know, as if somebody bought one of those like skins you can buy in the in the streets. yeah, like a little silicon skin. Yeah, I wonder how close to the finished product it actually was, though. 
See, I didn't like the shape. I didn't like the, the shape of the actual handles, and I thought it looked uncomfortable if it can do such a thing. Obviously, comfort's all about touching it, but um, that's what she said. Yeah, the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is the thing about um, PlayStation, and it they've, they've tried to change the PlayStation pad. People don't like it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's... I don't think they have tried to well, change they, they, it. They I think they've tried those... to keep it the same. I don't think they ever have tried to change the, the controller well, at do all. Do you not remember the whole thing when the PlayStation 3 was coming out and they were going to bring out those stupid banana controllers? No, that was only ever a concept though, wasn't it? If they were, try- if they were trying to change it, the amount of different SKUs of uh, PS3 they put out, if they were going to try and change it, they would have put something out. But they didn't. They were trying to keep it as, as uh, the same as they possibly could for every iteration of the DualShock. Uh, I, just, I don't think people would like it as much. I think um, y- y- your controller's got to move forward, otherwise we'd all still be playing with NES controllers, yeah. you know what I mean? The one thing I will say about the controller, I, I, I'm not sure I'm keen on the whole move thing that's got going on. The light no, bar no, no, the move thing the is they've announced that the move is still compatible and you can get a sculpturing program which will let you sculpt a real penis to go with your dildo that will be in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> penis sculptor. Yeah, no. I, what I was HD. getting at was the whole. The, you meant the, the connect, didn't you? That's what yeah. You the connect sensor that's <laughs> on top of your TV and senses how close your controller is to it. That thing. I, I don't know how much I can be bothered with that. The the minute that they said it'll it'll be compatible with this two camera, um, two lens camera, I everyone just went connect. Yeah, done. Pretty, that's it. I think that was my comment as well on Twitter. Is that wait? Is that connect? It is very connectish, but the thing is, that's the way things are going. They've, they've shown that it's working. Um, connect doesn't the move and stuff. <laughs> Perhaps this one will, mate. I don't know. Perhaps they've got some super, something to make it a fancy super. I don't connect. think. I don't, I don't know, think mate. They did show it working. I think what they showed was um, the pad worked as a pad, like any normal dual shot would do. Uh, any wireless pad. Yeah. They they didn't demonstrate. Look at us moving it up and down and seeing that it tracks it. Yeah, yeah, they gave they gave a little comment about it, showed you the bar, and then just brushed that aside and said, "But look, it works like a normal controller as well." I think it it'll probably work with the move controllers. I think that's what it'll do. Is it'll be better for that because, as I say, they then went on to to show that three D sculpture program, didn't they? Which some of it um, did look encouraging what they could do with it, and it does um, does suggest that. That's one bit of kit that I somehow managed to buy two controllers and a Navi controller um, that, that I haven't completely wasted my money on. I think it's a bit of a niche thing, this 3D modelling thing and that. I think um, it is going to be just people making cocks and tits as much as yeah, they possibly but I, can. I want to see um, um, augmented reality scribble noughts. That's what I want to see. Oh, man. That would be amazing. What a great idea. Anyway, as we all drift off, imagine that. The funniest thing I've seen about the controller was a mock-up that somebody did. Um, somebody made a little animated GIF that the touchscreen on the front wasn't actually a touchpad. It was um, a drawer that opens up, and you could put UMDs into the pad. <laughs> <laughs> the, the GIF was amazing. You got to search for that. When I first seen it, I actually thought I, I, you couldn't quite see clearly what it was. I actually thought it was one of those little tiny screens, like on the Dreamcast. Oh, VMU! They're going to bring the VMU to the PlayStation. Well, no, they 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 did that with Wii U. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's like one big VMU, isn't it? Um, but I kind of I kind of thought when I first seen it that that was a touch screen, is basically I'm getting that, but it's just a touch pad. But the other thing that they showed a bit fleetingly at first, but then they went on to discuss was the extra buttons on the bottom, namely the share button, 
and the fact that the pad will have a headphone jack for chat. In other words, they went, hmm, do you know what we're missing? Some of the original Xbox had. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we realised that, although with the PS3 we went, yeah, it'll be great, we'll have Bluetooth headset compatibility. Anyone can get their own headset, whereas with Xbox they went, buy live, we'll give you a headset, and then you can actually talk to people without going, invest in some money yourself. I quite like the share button. I, I, I was quite excited by this. Now, I, I like the idea of it was, it was they're giving you the, the building in into the hardware the ability to take screenshots and record video. I think that would be great. Yeah, the um, the it's been touted for a while. That was one of the many rumours was the the fact that it'll constantly be recording the last fifteen minutes of gameplay. But um. It was. I was quite amused earlier. I saw there's. I I follow the Twitter page for Elgato Gaming Capture, and hmm. uh, they actually put um, like an open letter out saying "Welcome to our world, PS4" sort of thing. You know, saying like um, you've just inherently ad, um, acknowledged that what we do is um, is actually worthwhile, kind of thing, and we don't we don't see yeah. you as competition. Welcome to the world we created. <laughs> you know that sort of thing. <laughs> Nice. It'd be good for um, glitches and stuff like that, wouldn't it? When you've, when you've seen something in the game, if it, if it is doing that, it'd be fantastic. Rather than having to set up extra hardware, and it, if something happens in the game and you, and you, you really want to show it, you'd be able to go and share it. And the idea of that is fantastic. Well, what I'm it? thinking, how many times have me and you been playing, like, say, let's use Saints Row as an example. Yeah. And we've done that thing where we get someone to stand purposely right in the middle of the runway and get someone to fly a plane directly into them. And yeah. I've sat there with my dodgy iPhone recorder, pointing <laughs> it at my TV screen. But it's still been awesome. But imagine that just using the games recorder, things like that. that that's built for us. That, that we can have such a laugh with that. There's there's one other thing though that's um that's that's linked into this a little bit. Was they announced the option of like getting tips from your friends? And do you know what? The minute they launched that, I just thought. Did they not realise what happened with Dark Souls and Demon Souls? That you you had the option of um like leaving a paper trail in the game for other people to pick up, you know, and they would say things like, yeah. "Go through this door for lots of loot," whereas you went through that door and it was instant death, you know. <laughs> the amount of people that are just going to blatantly troll you is incredible. Pure trolling. Yeah. I don't know what I think about that. I mean, I guess what they're saying is they've they've already taken out the multiplayer aspect from your living room like we would all sit it used to be we would all sit around the telly and pass the controller to play games like Street Fighter mm. Mario Kart things like that uh, one of the other things is now we're all sitting in rooms by ourselves with headsets on playing games you get no one to pass the, the controller to if you're stuck at a game and they're kind of trying to add that in didn't they say that you can effectively transfer your game save to someone else for them to finish the level off for you yeah you know what? What a better way of saying I suck at this. <laughs> I'll be monetizing this. I tell you, I'll be making a killing out of it. From what I understood from it, it looked more like a kind of remote play, like yeah. kind of on your PC when you get someone to come on and fix it. So I can get Jace to come and remote play my console and get me past the boss. But at the stage, I mean, I don't think that's for us because at the stage we're all at in our gaming lives. Could you imagine admitting that kind of defeat to someone and saying I'm? I'm I'm so awful at this, could you please get me past it? I was chatting um, with Leah Heidu from Gamer Dork, um, from the Dorkcast, all the way through it, and 
the when we got to that, she just said, "And how long before pro gamers start charging the shit players to finish their game?" Well, for that's them? what you were getting at. That's, that's the first thing I thought. Said, yeah. You'll be making a fortune out of this. That's it. I'll be going right at any uh, Tetris you want playing. No, you want you want all your levels finished on Tetris. Come and see me. Give me five quid. I was about to say what it'll do is um, it'll screw up the trophy hunters. But, you know, there aren't really that many of them. But they did actually gloss over the fact they're keeping trophies as well. They they showed the... Um, they didn't quite show the new, um, like, dashboard. But they did show, like, players' avatar pages. And there was there was a shot on there and it had a guy and it had all his trophies on there. So they they did acknowledge it. Now, whether that's obviously, like, the equivalent of an artist's impression, you know, this is how we're testing it at the moment, I don't know, but... Um, you would have thought that's another where another area that they could have um, perhaps deviated away from what they're doing at the moment with with the trophies and gone more toward the 360 um, side of it with the achievements because generally speaking, people want to get achievements and people laugh at trophies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the only thing is they've kind of owned it and that's their thing. The trophies and uh, uh, do you feel as if it would be a bit too much like admitting defeat? I don't know. I think there's there's Something to be gained from from having a new type of reward system. I don't think they necessarily need to keep it as it is. I'm I'm sure you can kind of blur the lines between the two because they're not going to go away. The whole achievement thing isn't going to go away now. It's so endemic in our gaming, um, even on the phones and everything like that. You've always got achievements, and it's it's a recognised part of gaming now. So I don't think they can get rid of it, but I, I think they can change it somehow. I don't know how. That's their job, not mine. But um, I'm sure there's a common ground to be found where they can do something. Well, the other reason that they must be keeping it in is they heavily pushed the compatibility with the Vita and obviously the trophies are on Vita. Yeah. Do you want to to move on and talk about that? Yeah, it's a good segue. That's what we're going on to next anyway, look. They they launched the Sony PlayStation Wii U controller. (laughs) 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 Otherwise known as the Vita. Um, They basically went, yeah, um, if you've got a game on your TV and you want to free up the TV, as long as you're within a reasonable area, you can seamlessly sync it and effectively remote play it through your Vita with the um, cont- with the screen on your Vita. And everyone just went, hmm, so yeah, we you then. The only thing is, is that's not something that already existed on PlayStation 3. No, you've always had the option of remote play with the PS3. Um, even going as far back as the PSP, I can... Um, there's only a couple, but I can I can play games on my PS3 hard drive with my PSP. And there were games like SingStar, which you know, okay, that's a niche market, but SingStar had compatibility with the, with the PSP, where you could use the PSP as a little portable track selector to queue up tracks when you've got a party going, um, and people can just you know select what they want to sing next using the PSP whilst the other players are, are, are playing the game on the Vita uh, on the big screen. Well, Sony have always been good at that, um, bringing the devices together. Like, say, the PSP and, and stuff like that. They've, they've always um, had that in mind. I don't know whether the technology has been lacking there to get it working properly or the motivation, I don't know. But um, it certainly looks like they're, they're going to pay more attention to that going forward. And I'm looking forward to um, the next generation of Vita because I'm sure that's not far away as well. I think um, in order to make this stuff work as seamlessly as they want, the Vita is going to have to be up-revved. And I'd say probably around the same time as the PS4 to um, really bring it you out. I think there. so because the Vita's not that old. Mate. The Vita was only like last year, wasn't it? It's just celebrated its first birthday, hasn't it? Because you just had the um, the the sale on the PS uh, PSN. 
Yeah. You might get like an updated version, like your um, you, you know, you got the different variants of the PSP and stuff. But I don't, I don't think, I don't see them bringing out a completely new device anytime soon. No, I don't think it will be new, but I think it'll be an uprev version of it. And I, think, I think, but the, the the uprev version will be more compatible to do yeah, this sort of thing. It with. needs to though. They they can't make it that it moves beyond the capabilities of the Vita. That's the way it sounds. Is that the Vita can be used for this stuff, and if they then bring out a slightly like another version of the same Vita, but like a slightly better, more powerful one that works better with it, and your old Vita doesn't work, people are going to be upset. Three DS, three DS XL. Yeah, but then a 3DS still plays the same games that a 3DS XL plays, if you know what I mean. Uh, well, how long before... I know they said they won't do, but how long before they release one with a second thumbstick? Well, then, we're procrastinating <laughs> anyway. But um, they, they've also said they're going to bring in lots more interactivity between the tablets and the mobile phones um, and bringing all the other devices in to, to keep a constant experience of PlayStation going on. Um, any thoughts on that stuff as well? It seemed to me like... Microsoft released Smart Glass last year, and it, it basically seemed like the the equivalent to that, um, having interactivity with your your products uh, throughout the day. They they didn't really show too much on the functionality of it, other than have that little animated guy walking down the street and you know staring at his phone and somehow not managing to fall over and crash into things. I'll walk into a bus. Did you notice that that, um, that animation thing, I thought it looked a lot like a Monty Python yeah. sort of animation. <laughs> I was expecting a big foot to come down and squash people. <laughs> yeah, I think it's all a bit... It's not something massive that we weren't expecting. I don't know what... It just it depends on what they're going to do with it. Do you know what I mean? If, if it's anything like smart glasses at the moment, then who really cares? But if they do something good with it, then fair enough. I think the intention's there by all of the, the main players to um, use that multi-screen thing in the best way possible, and it's just whoever strikes the chord best when they, when they've got their stuff in order, really, and and see who does the best with it in in terms of the consumer. Yeah. You know, uh, are we past this now? Are we on to the best part? Can we talk about games? <laughs> <laughs> Go on then. <laughs> no, actually, no, no. Um, there, there's one thing I want to talk about. It's it, it'll link into games, but. Technical demos. Oh, yes. Yeah. They decided to bring out, as one of the keynote speakers, your man from Square Enix, or Square Enix, if you want to speak like you're English. Um, and they went, yes, blah, 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 blah. We, at E3, we're going to announce a Final Fantasy game. So, once again, they did the announcement that there will be an announcement. But it wasn't even one. It was two blokes they brought out to announce <laughs> oh, this. Oh, but that's because they had a translator. Just didn't the one guy announce <laughs> the other guy. <laughs> It's like the worst kind of announcement. I mean, there's so many presentations and Square Enix could only manage someone to come out and go, hello, we're going to announce a Final Fantasy game soon. Bye. Uh, yeah, but... but <laughs> and here's that video you saw that's, last year. That's, that's what I was going to go on to. He went, actually, what we're, what we're going to do is we're going to show you a video that's running on the hardware. Yeah, you've all seen it, but we're going to show it to you here and you'll suddenly think it's all relevant. The whole of Twitter was just going Just like Bungie did when they fantastic. came out and said, we're going to show you a video of Destiny running on the PS4 and everyone went, didn't we Didn't we see this last week? There's a lot of that going on. <laughs> it's though, a bit mental, like, yeah. There there's was a lot, lot of that going on, even at like, your E3s and stuff. We're all getting all these announcements before it actually happens. and I think it kind of ruins it a bit, but that's. I think that's another discussion for another time. One, um, one thing I did like, and this is the last thing I say before we talk properly on, on games, is... Um, that there was a quite a number of 
games that they came out with that they they basically went yeah so um you already know it's coming out on ps3 and it's coming out on ps4 as well so uh, like watchdogs when it when we saw that video at e3 last year a lot of people went mm, is that going to be next gen but they went yes it is next yeah. gen there you go it's a launch title on the on the ps3 uh ps4 but it will run on ps3 as well so come on then will we're going to go on to talk about games i know you've been i can actually too. feel myself squirming in my seat listening to all this stuff i mean i love hardware as much as the next guy i love features i love but what i love is i love games i love playing a game um so we started off with the what was the inf- infamous game called? Second Son. Infamous Three. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, Do you know? I I actually missed them reveal it as Infamous because uh, I can't remember what happened. I might have gone to get a cup of tea or something like that. But um, I came back and just saw. I like I heard them bit, like dressing up and and announcing how the game was going to be. And I saw the last like three seconds, and then someone like Leah sent me a message saying, "Oh, my my stream just lagged. What did I miss?" And I went, "Um, something that looks like it's a new Infamous game." <laughs> and, then, and then it was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, that was Infamous." Yeah, I'm not played Infamous, so I'm not not entirely excited about that. If I'm honest with you, but the 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 idea of Infamous and Infamous Two is you play as a guy called Cole, who, um, long story short develops the power of electricity and can go around and like power up generators or can electric shock people and stuff the reveal on this game was they sort of said okay well imagine an era where people are seemingly harmless but equally have the power within them to you know go all jedi knight on you and or evil jedi and uh, you know cast electricity from their hands and and be untraceable i don't know it all looked a bit, and I, I know it's already been compared to this before, but it all looked a bit. Oh, what's that game? Prototype. prototype. It all looked a bit prototype to me. That's what I said to you when 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 it was running. I actually said, "Is this prototype three? Because I wasn't sure if it was infamous or prototype. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not bothered. That's that's all I can say. I've never played the first two, so I don't I don't know whether to be excited for that or not. Right, should we move on? The next one we saw, I think, was Killzone. Killzone Shadow Fall. Not Killzone Saggy Balls, as I thought he said. <laughs> but yeah, um, Killzone Shadowfall, that was another um, tech demo dressed up to look like in-game footage, wasn't it? Yeah, it all looked fantastic and massive worlds and stuff, and then uh, something happened and it all turned brown and we knew it was Killzone. Yeah, the one thing I would say is they've made an improvement, haven't they? They've, um, they've added another colour to their palette, they've added blue. There's a lot of blue in there as well. Blue and brown. <laughs> I tell you, no, what I Justin. Thought. I'm sorry. I know you. You're a Killzone player, aren't you? I, I've I've completed two and platinum three, but um, just because I don't have that many games on the PS3. But uh, when when I saw it, obviously that that you have the um, the video where he's he's coming in on the little airship, and I was just thinking, I remember watching the PS3 reveal, and they had the footage from Killzone 2 that they tried to sell as in-game footage whereas what they meant was yeah this is the cutscene which you're going to see in the game game. (laughs) so it is in-game footage but it's not gameplay footage (laughs) and and so obviously that was one of the first big um, laughing stock moments of the PS3 was uh, when they massively oversold everyone so the fact that the guy did then start picking up his gun and shooting people, and you could see it was being controlled by someone rather than uh, just a, just an FMV trailer. 
I think that they they needed to do that without wanting to look like two consoles launches yeah. in a row. They were just going. By the way, here's a game that yeah. we think we might make. They will notice the guy who was controlling it was fucking utter shit. <laughs> <in the> game, <laughs> That's fair enough, but they had to do that. They had they had to suddenly switch the gameplay footage because that that was the first thing I said to you. Wasn't it just that that this is another yeah. one of these trailers again? They're trying to make it look like it wasn't, but you could see there wasn't a HUD. There was no reticule. There was nothing. The no, there was. There was a little crosshair. No, I'm talking about later once the game, the oh. game was picked up. I'm talking about before yeah. that. When oh, yeah, yeah. Walking about, that, was all, that all looked far too cutscene and I was like, no, have they done it again? But as you say, as soon as the gun got picked up and it switched to suddenly game footage, you know, right, fair enough. They've, they've kind of pulled it out of the bag a little bit more this time. After he stabbed a guy in the face. <laughs> and everything's better when you stab someone in the face as your first move of the game. Of course it is. <laughs> But yeah, that looks like more of the same, really. Um, bigger and louder, probably. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to play it. Um, I've dabbled with uh, Killzone, the last one. Um, so I'm, I'm always interested in uh, futuristic shooters. I noticed this I like. is two big uh, PlayStation exclusive franchises that haven't decided to put numbers at the end of their titles as well. I don't know if they are direct sequels either. Like um, Infamous, it looks like it doesn't have. Is it Cole was the main character? Yeah, it does look a completely different thing set in the same universe. Which means yeah. for someone like me, because what I will say is um, if I decide to buy a, place, uh, a PlayStation, it means I don't feel like I need to go back and buy, play the games before it. I'm with you on that. Ah, but then um, something we, we missed talking about, they made a big deal about saying, because they they got out the Gaikai bot, um, bloke, didn't they? And saying that part of the integration with Gaikai is you'll be able to instantly stream anything out of the store. Um, And then they started saying that they're not going to have backwards compatibility in terms of playing your old games, but you potentially will be able to just buy the the PS1 and 2 and 3 catalogue games, play them all on the same um, machine, but from streaming. Yeah, because there was a lot of talk, though, about uh, you don't need to pay for a game unless you, you only play for the games you really like and stuff. Yeah, I don't, I think, I don't that, think that's entirely accurate. There's no way you're just going to go. I don't like any of that. I'm not paying. No, so, I, mean, I think I think what they're what they're getting at with that market was not so much a pay for what you what you want. I think it he's he's probably tried to say it that way to make it sound better, but I think it's probably um, limited uh, volume of time. As yeah. in, like, you, you can have the game and play well, it for five hours, and then after that you've got to buy it, or something like that. Well, they did speak about um, they're taking away the whole scripted demo thing, didn't they? They're, they're, yeah. they're moving on to, as you say, the, the time demos, so they just give, you just download the game. Well, as they said, you can actually start playing it while it's downloading now, which sounds quite cool. But And when you really get into it, and you're really buzzing, you need to get onto the next level. Yeah. Cha-ching! But that, put, that's your, fair enough, put your money's I in. Think, do you know what I mean? It, Sometimes the demos aren't entirely representative of what you're getting in the real game anyway, so hopefully it'll cut down on that kind of thing and you're just getting to try play the game and then you just pay and keep playing it from where you are. That that sounds good to me. You'll see people doing ultimate speedruns as well, won't you, when people are trying <laughs> to get through the game in the in the four hours they've got or whatever. The Call of Duty demo would have to be like 20 minutes long or something. No, it'd be <laughs> offline only. <laughs> The next one was the indie one that uh, Jonathan Blow came on and talked about, which was The Witness. Um, we didn't see a great deal of this. There was a lot of flying through 
cartoony type worlds and a lot of lasers and a lot of mazes going on. Did anybody notice anything more than that, or was I just on a different stream? No, I couldn't that... work out if it was flower crossed with Nino Cooney. Yeah, there was bits of all sorts in there. Um, it was certainly indie, which is a good thing. Like I said, I wanted some indie. It was in certainly there, but, puzzle um, game. Yes, which which I liked too. To be fair, the speech that he gave at the start of it, they made a lot of talk about everything in the game. He said they've entered it to be to have a use, and there's, there's no filler in the game. I don't know what he was talking about. And then he said putting on a video demo didn't really do it justice. I don't. That, I'm paraphrasing a bit here. I think this is going to be one of those ones where you need to have a go on it before you before you're sold. Because yeah. as I said, as you say, mate, it just looked like a lot of wandering around little cartoon worlds and solving mazes. I don't even get what the point of solving the mazes were. They looked entirely easy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like, what? <laughs> I thought that too. I did say that on Twitter. Like, These mazes are easy. Yeah. What's this? So I, I think it's going to be one of those ones. I think we're going to need to have a go on it. And uh, I think it's going to have to be explained a bit better to us. So another one from the list we saw was um, the only driving game we saw on there, which I thought initially was another promise of another GT game, which um, could have been coming out in another five years or six years. But it turns out it wasn't. It was Driving Club. And what's the first rule of Driving Club? Um, Make it look like it's Forza. (laughs) (laughs) Go on and talk about how everything's been made to the like millionth degree polygon so we can tell you that we've actually rendered the light bulb inside the light fitting that you can't actually see. <laughs> yeah. We we painstakingly recreated everything to the tenth millimeter. We've rendered the brake dust on the wheels that you have to clean. Oh, we made in the such game. a big deal. Yes, we've we've um, we've used our revolutionary, specifically engineered m- measuring tool that measures every part of every car. <laughs> what a load of crap! <laughs> The thing for me, mate, as I was saying to Will on the Twitter at the time, modelling cars with a computer isn't particularly difficult because cars are designed on a computer. So just to reverse that process and design a model of a car on a computer isn't massively I don't know. Difficult. I really enjoyed that. Um, I don't think I would like it every single time. But you know the whole the character was looking in the, in the back at the engine and then he puts the boot down and walks into the car. I think it all looked pretty stunning, but... I would get in your nerves if you had to do that in every race, would it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would do that. It's a little loading screen for the race. But, yeah, look good. It's like a racing game. I like the idea of the first-person thing, like proper first-person driving, but um, it's going to piss a lot of people off who can't drive in that view and have yeah, to drive and be on the car. Surely they're going to the, the, the add in view buttons. Surely you can change that. No, because he said it's it's all about the, the proper first person. Um, that, that was the it, whole it's, thing. Of it. It's so first person orientated, it will even leave scuff marks on the seat when you shit yourself. <laughs> I probably do not want them because I can't drive from inside the car. <laughs> There's a limitation of view that yeah, you well. don't get from a real car using your real eyes and your real vision. But looking at a little tiny square screen and having that taken up by a portion of the roof of the car and a portion of the dashboard just doesn't work for me. Well, don't drive on a little tiny square screen. Other TVs are Did you available. play, um, what was it, Shift 2 Unleashed? That, that was the game yeah. that like turned the camera toward the apex of the corner as you were driving round it. Oh, God, it's going to yeah. be like that, isn't it? That, that's the only way you'll see more than the left-hand side of the road. Yeah, it has to be, doesn't it? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. As I say, this is the thing. I mean, I've been, as I said, I was playing Forza this week and my boy was doing a lot of switching to the first-person thing because he, th- he thought it was a lot cooler, but when I try to do it, I'm all over the place. The only ones I like is when you're doing it in a convertible, and at least you get to see most of the screen that way. But 
it just doesn't sit well with me. There's so the, the limitations to your views so so bad. And you say sit playing it on a small TV. My, my TV's not that small. I mean, I'm I'm playing it on a a forty two inch telly. That's not tiny. That's, <laughs> That's the same size I've got. Yeah, it is really. <laughs> Look, we don't all have projectors on our wall. <laughs> you... Well, you should have by the time yeah. you get a. PS4. And I'm guessing that's about the standard these days is the fo- the forty inch. Attention, women. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think part of that for you though, Will, is because you don't drive. Yeah, but as I said, it's not. I think that that's a part of it. Is 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 because you don't drive, you're not used to. But that what I have viewpoint. done is I've I've sat in a car. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I can see the entire road. But when I'm sitting playing like Forza and a lot of my views taken up, I, I don't have... Like, your eyes don't work the same as the camera and the game work. Do, do you know what it needs to have? It needs to have a feature whereby it uses that um, connect sensor thing that you can lean forward and it will automatically move, adjust the camera so you've stuck your face in the windscreen. <laughs> this is exactly what I was thinking was going to be there because they've got this light bar connect jobby if it's going to track where you are then you can move your head accordingly i don't think it'll be that i think it i think it'll be a twist the twist the controller six axis style to the left or right and you know use it like a steering wheel from that point of view and it'll probably change the the head angle Uh, i don't know it'll do something fancy and flashy either that or it'll be a big piece um, of shit (laughs) yeah but it looks—it's a really pretty driving game, and there will be really pretty driving games on a console. Um, not really newsworthy, is it? Uh, the really? online features look like it could be quite good. I think there there's, were some petrol heads that were masturbating furiously over it. Oh, I was doing that, but I was doing do, that before. Do you know what I so. what I thought was lacking? What? It's a Sony console. Where's the obligatory Ridge Racer? Every <laughs> every PlayStation console E3, has had a Ridge Racer released with it. Anyway, the, yeah, no, no, <laughs> and this right. is made by the same. This is made by the same people. Didn't didn't they go ahead and release it on Xbox in the end, the last one, and bounded? Oh, it's tainted yeah. now. Then that's it's it. no they, longer they, exclusive. They don't want it. Anyway, enough of driving club. We've got two more games to talk about before we uh, rattle on all the way through the night. So, uh, Will, Watch Dogs, talk to me. I have fallen in love with this game. I didn't. You you already knew, but I've not been following this at all. From the picture, it just looked like a generic shooter or something. I was like, oh, here we go. Where did this come from? It's like a, a massive, open-world, futuristic, um, hacking into cameras. I don't even know what the, the whole idea of the game was. You solved, you, you stopped some poor woman from getting attacked by a guy, and then she called the police on you and blamed it on you anyway. So, what, <laughs> what, what is the game about? But I don't know, but it looked... Amazing! The graphics were incredible. That con- taking control of the cameras and all the different electronics. Did you see when the police car was coming towards them and they just lifted up those barriers and smashed it? It just looked outstanding. It looked like um, Assassin's Creed in the future, only without assassins. Grand Theft Assassin's yeah, the, you Creed. You know the whole parkour thing like and run about and stopping the train using these little electronics and getting it to restart again. It just it looked lovely. I'm dying to see more about this. Well, if you watch the trailer from E3 last year, you will see more of it because they showed a whole, like, probably about a five-minute video on it where uh, they it starts off with a guy in a club and, you know, he's, he's walking around and it's um, basically highlighting all the people in the crowd as he walks past going, like, you know, mobile phone or this, that and the other and um, showing what you can potentially hack. 
because um, in the in the E3 demo, he um, he causes a big pile up by setting all the traffic lights green. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and there's a shootout like in with the cars, and he you know so he's uh, he uses some of them um, in by the same token, but it's um, it showed a lot more. And that's as I was saying earlier. That's where um, at the time everyone was going. Mm, is this is this next gen? But they did say it will come out on PS3. It'll probably be seriously gimped, but it will come out on PS3. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look up and watch watch that. It, it looked like the kind of thing I would be into. It looked like that. That's probably the most exciting thing I've seen at the the launch. That yeah, it, it looks like the next step of games for me. It looks like doing the open world thing, but just. Adding another layer on top of it, with all this, um, all this hacking and uh, information being thrown at you, like it's um, a step forward in the open world thing for me. If you look on the um, on the Watchdogs homepage now, it comes up saying Ubisoft you play, and then it's got um, little PlayStation logo, um, PS3, and then the PSN, um, PC, DVD, ROM, 360, Live, and Wii U. So presumably they'll update that soon with PS4. Hmm. I'll just buy it for the Xbox then. So that's Watch Dogs put to bed. Um, looks fantastic. So I'm really going to keep an eye out for that one. One more game to talk about then. This was one that made a lot of people um, sit up and take notice. When they they had a bit of a preamble. We knew it was coming after they'd uh, said the first couple of sentences, but they dragged it out a bit. One of the guys was saying, we, we've brought a developing house that you've never had on PlayStation before. And we're all, all straight away, we're all, okay, it's Bungie. And um, lo and behold, it was. It was Bungie, and uh, they're going to bring Destiny to the PS4. So, uh, Justin, Destiny. It's completely swept, uh, passed me by. I didn't watch the um, didn't watch the little pre-show trailer they released last week. You know, as I haven't played any of the Halos, um, it's it's just been a a developer that that I have no real knowledge of. Yeah. Well, what did you think of... Uh... I still don't know what to think. I watched a video last week, so I already kind of knew what I was, what was going to be looking at. It looks very pretty. I don't really, I still don't really get what it's going to be about. Yeah, from what they're saying with this 10-year plan and stuff, they don't, they don't know themselves exactly what's going to be happening. I think they're, they've built an engine. They're building a world or a universe for this uh, Destiny to be set in. And I think that's as far as they've got, really. They're probably making some fancy models and fancy animations, but I don't think the actual layout of what's going on has, has been yeah. set down yet. The thing that got me and it got a lot of people was they saw this bringing out of Bungie um, to this presentation as a big fuck you to Microsoft, because obviously the previous ties between Microsoft and Bungie and that's all been broken down now. The Halo has moved across to 343. So um, everyone saw that as a massive piss off to uh, Microsoft. What do you think of that? I think the time for fanboys should be over. I don't think everyone should be going, oh, I'm a PlayStation player, or I'm uh, I'm this, that, or the other. It, it should just be, I enjoy playing games. And how many people out there have got every console under the sun? You know, And they don't mouth off about one being better than the other. They just go, I buy a game a console because I can play this on it. I buy one because I can play that on it. You You buy what you want, and you play what is available on it. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I'm an Xbox guy, but I'm not an Xbox fanboy. I'm an Xbox player because I can only afford one console. Yeah, and that's the same reason I'm a... Well, that's not the only reason I'm a PlayStation player, but um, my my main problem was the... Strange as it sounds, I've never been comfortable with an Xbox controller in my hand. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been used to the Sony pads from the PS1 days, and it, it where it's changed so little... 
it's it fits my hands, which I know a lot of people don't like the um, the DualShock controller, and I have no problem with that. I'm not going to tell them that they're stupid for owning Xbox. I I respect the fact that Xbox has a very big community <laughs> and a lot of games that are exclusive to it. I'm Xbox focused, really, just because I play it more often. Um, I do have a PS3, which predominantly just sits there gathering dust in my house. But that's only because the main bit of gaming I do is gaming with the community and gaming in parties and stuff like that, which is just easier on the Xbox and has always worked like that on the Xbox. And I've never been able to replicate that same experience um, on the PlayStation. So that that's where I'm sitting with it, you know. But um, I agree with the, the fact that fanboyism should be out of the water, but I don't think it ever will completely be. I think there'll always be that core of gimps that just want to... Uh, mouth off about something and if that's all they've got to mouth off about then uh, they're going to continue to do it aren't they so we're not really bothered about destiny then we don't know what it is but um it's certainly interesting because um again the same as Killzone, i like um, futuristic shooters so that's why it I'm looks shiny on, really i'm sure it'll be good everyone likes shiny Ooh, shiny yeah <laughs> so i think we're getting to the point where i just want to gauge uh, for each of us what our overall feeling is so far after what we've seen what's been talked about um the start of the new generation stuff coming out and that. Um, Will, do you want to go first, what your overall feelings are? At this stage, yeah, there was a lot of, um, a bit of pomp going on on the stage and a lot of buzzwords kicking about, but see, to be honest, see, by the end of it, after seeing all the games and stuff like that, at this particular moment, I'm thinking, do want (laughs) want a PlayStation 4 badly. Uh, I don't know if that's going to change later on once Microsoft do the announcement, but uh, yeah, it was exciting enough for me. I think for me, I'm I'm actually going to be very interested on waiting how long it is before Microsoft feel that they can release something. Because if they didn't already have anything um, prepped to, to reveal, I don't think they will leave it very long before they pull something out of their bag and, um, and decide to announce something. And I would be surprised if they wait as late as E3. It's been interesting to see the amount of little leaks that have been coming out in the last week or so running up to this PlayStation event. There's been lots of Xbox-related leaks coming out. Um, all pretty standard fare of things we know that should be coming. But um, just interesting that they're trying to keep um, the well, balance there. One of the there, things you know. that they've, they've leaked is they've now, after spending weeks going, oh, PS4 is going to block pre-owned games, they've now started going... Microsoft is going to block PS ga- uh, pre- pre-owned games. Going to block PlayStation games? No way. <laughs> well, they, they, they had Devil May Cry. Um, <laughs> but the, um, the, the point I would argue, anyone who bitches are going, oh, if they block pre-owned games, I'm going to boycott their console and not play it. Right. These are the people that then turn around and say, I'll become a PC player. Yeah, because PC's known for its um, its ability to sell games on, isn't it? Yeah, I know. You know, they, they don't at all go buy <laughs> yeah. it on Steam where... There's no DRM no, at all, is Everything it? is, is uh, individual products for individual players. So um, I think people are talking out their arse. And there's a... a a large group of people who are moaning, going, oh, well, what if they make this an always-on online console? Well, yeah, but you've got to accept that the future is going to be digital, sooner or later. It might not be this generation, it might not be the next, but sooner or later, it will all be digital. And when was the last time, if you did buy a PC game, when was the last time you didn't buy it on Steam? 
people forget how easy it is for them to use one product and go, yes, I can download everything, whereas they get something else that they feel they need something to stare at and collect dust on the shelf for the sake of um, having a large collection. I use uh, a rental service, and I'm terrified of the prospect of not being able to do that now, but if it happens, I'm just going to have to go with it. I'm not going to boycott let's, uh, Microsoft for not allowing me to do it. Um, and I can understand why they're doing it as well. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of silliness going on out there. In terms of, like, would I want one, I think I don't I don't foresee that I'm going to have the money, regardless of the fact they haven't actually announced a price for it yet. Um, oh, no price! No price. How dare you not tell us the price and not, not show us the price! not actual date. <laughs> StupidInternetRant.com <laughs> Yeah, I, I said to you guys off air earlier, the, the fact that the Wii U got revealed 18 months before it got launched and the price and final release date only came out in like, you know, September before the November it was launched, nobody made a big deal about it. Nobody said, I need to know now so I can start saving. They just went, okay, it's cool. Day one purchase, yay! That's because nobody wanted a Wii U. <laughs> but did you notice that uh, people like Shop Two are already putting up, but order yours now for six hundred pounds and stuff like that? Like they put up no get game of um, doing twenty pound pre-orders today. <laughs> One of my friends has put down a twenty pound deposit and they had to pay it. It's it's just stupid. I think for me, it's probably just made me more determined to buy a Vita. And there were so many people when when they were really pushing the. They weren't pushing cross-play or cross-buy like they've got with the PS3. They were pushing the compatibility with it. Um, I think yeah. that alone meant a lot of people went, yes, I'm keeping my Vita. It's enough of a reason for me to have one now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there, there's going to be plenty of games, and I've already got four or five months' worth of um, Plus games on the <laughs> just about every <laughs> every game they've released so far has been on Plus. <laughs> so so often when I do get one, well, I have quite a large library ready to download. Awesome. Well, my feelings then, after I'd watched the thing last night, I went to bed thinking, I want a PS4. This is really exciting. And by the time I woke up this morning, uh, I'd obviously been thinking in my sleep, and I realised I don't particularly want a PS4. I just yeah. want new stuff. I'm so excited for a new generation, as I was for the previous changing generation. Um, I think now because we do the podcast, and because we're more involved in the gaming community than I was for the previous change, I'm really just excited for new stuff, new shiny things, new experiences. And um, whether that comes from Sony, whether it comes from Microsoft, whether it comes from anywhere else, I don't know. But I'm just yeah excited as a gamer for new stuffs, really. Same. Bring on, bring on the shiny, shiny. I think we've uh, we've worked on enough, mate. We've uh, we're coming to about two hours. Before we go, I just want to say a big thank you to Justin for joining us. Uh, we needed somebody of a PlayStation orientation to uh, come and temper the flow of our conversation, and uh, I think you've done an admirable job of that, mate. And um... I think I think I've um, I've not done it, done myself any favours. We're trying to dispel the myth I'm a PlayStation fanboy. <laughs> No, there's no fanboys around here, mate. Just um, dedicated. Anyone gamers, does think it? I have a Wii. I play on my Wii from time to time. Not a Wii U, but I have a Wii. <laughs> so Justin's had his Wii, and um, before you go, mate, do you want to um, tell us about your your show, uh, Last Save Loaded? Okay, well, uh, I'm one of the two remaining hosts over at Last Save Loaded because our former um, main host Joey has uh, decided to take a bit of a break from podcasting um, and I know uh, 
people who've listened to your shows will will know him from the past and he has asked me to express some love for you both and uh give you virtual high fives and big hugs all round. Yeah, cheers, Joe. Yeah, he was he was quite excited when I told you that I'd uh, I'd secured a, a guest spot on here. With Last Save Loaded, we have now moved things on to a weekly show, which is going to be a bit shorter with it just being the two of us now. Um, we we alternate from just a general games, like what have you been playing recently show, to the alternate show, which is a bit of a features show where we might even talk do a bit of like what we've been watching um occasionally do a little features review and uh talk we do we we also have an uh, a gaming hell and gaming heaven sections where people can put forward like um things that they really hate about games to see if we can put them room on a one style into gaming hell or um give lavishing uh, amounts of love on um on things that need to be Put on a mantelpiece forever in the height of gaming heaven, and uh, I I'm one of the one of the hosts with my colleague uh, Rob Shack, Rob McElroy. If anyone doesn't isn't able to find us on that, then uh, go and check out the Game Burst Quiz Show that got released today uh, on 21st of Feb, because uh, you will hear me and Rob as contestants demonstrating our uh, potential lack of game knowledge against uh, Midge Meister and the Geek Wad Show. Oh, can't wait to listen to that. It'll be good. We've we've had that experience as well. We uh, had one against the AI bots, and um, yeah, that's that's always a special yeah. one. I, I've sorry, so just, just quickly, I've just had a shop to um, email pre-order PS4 now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, as you know yourself, Justin, I, I'm a listener to Last Save Loaded. I know a lot of us like, talk to each other and stuff, but that just is one of the few that I bother to actually listen to. Well, we we've met up a couple of times, haven't we? Uh, met you up last year up in Glasgow. And, uh, uh, yeah, Docker Patuza. Yeah. But yeah, as I say, it's I definitely recommend you. It's not just I'm not just saying it. It's one of the ones that I definitely think's worth listening oh, to. Thank you, thank you. And uh, obviously, uh, we 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 give you a plug from time to time, and you're one of, as you say, you're one of our uh, more prominent. Um, listener feedbacks that um we we uh we put a tweet out the other day didn't we that we're inviting you guys to um put forward your own suggestions for gaming heaven and gaming hell so hopefully you'll uh you'll have a think and and we'll be able to consider that for the next show oh definitely yeah we'll we'll go but don't anyone else leave <laughs> we, we've got no intention now. You give me, you give me, sad me, me and Rob have invested in a hosting site for the year, so uh, you know we, we've just dumped up a hundred quid. We're not going to we're not going to drop it now. Excellent, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, you keep going at it, mate, and uh, yeah, keep putting out good shows. So, Justin, where can we find you on the Twitter and stuff? Uh, on Twitter, I am at on your six, with that being O N Y E R S I X. Or if you want to uh, email me, you can um, send it via the show at lastsaveloaded at gmail.com. Awesome stuff. Well, you can always find us on the Twitter at console underscore ninjas. And the email will... I don't know, something. <laughs> oh, <for> God's sake. <laughs> you will learn this one day. Console ninjas podcast at gmail.com. Um, we welcome all your feedback, all your comments. Slagging off Will for his blooming ineptitude. Um, setting us up with dates with your sisters. Anything you want to send us in, we're there. And, um, yeah, thanks again, Justin, for coming on and talking about PS4 stuff. The future's here, boys. Thank you very much. And with that, bye. Bye.